According to Fox, according to Fox, 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 Fox. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of According to Fox. I'm your host, A Fox. I want to thank you all for tuning in to our centennial episode. The last episode we did was probably like a month ago, and that's my fault. I know, guys. Life has been like, you know, lifing as usual. But um, I want to shout out Chris Lewis for being a great co-host. It was a very important show for me. Um, I'll be, it is the fourth season, but technically this podcast has been happening for four years. I basically launched it on my 34th birthday. So, um, November 13th, it'll be four years officially. So to hit a hundred episodes in four years, and you guys know the ups and downs I've been through and I've been very inconsistent as of late, but again, this is my safe space. This is my therapy. And this is where I can be most transparent besides my actual therapy sessions. So I want to thank everyone for taking the ride with me. And yeah, let's get into this week's episode. First things first, um, some somber news. And I hate giving you guys so much bad news, but that's what the world is so full of. DC Young Fly, his partner, mother of his children, Jackie O, passed away recently. About two weeks ago, Jackie O, according to the Los Angeles Times, was at the Homewood Speaks by Hilton Miami downtown hotel, where she was found unresponsive on the evening of May 31st. Police were dispatched, and but despite their efforts, she passed away. She was getting a mommy makeover. She actually, her last post was with the doctor who did her surgery. And she basically told everybody, yeah, hey, getting a mommy makeover. I'm with doctor. I forgot the doctor's name because I believe they deleted it, the post. But yeah, she passed away at the age of 33. Her and DC Young Fly have children together. It's Nova, Nala, and Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was born probably four or five months ago. I I think that baby was born this year. So a brand new baby. Thoughts and prayers are with DC Young Fly. It must be tough, you know, losing the mother of your children in such a way and so abruptly. And during his time of grief, Azalea Banks had to make it about her and brought back the times when she's on Wild and Out, which is a show about basically snapping on people, about dissing people, about pretty much, you know, humiliating people if you can, which you shouldn't go on if you don't want to do that or if you don't want it done to you. So she chose this time in his life and in his grief to basically say, God, don't play about me and other reprehensible stuff that had nothing to do with this beautiful life that was lost. And this is why Azalea Banks will never prosper because her soul is evil and is very black. It's just, it's just dark. Everything she does, it's just so, ugh, I can't stand her. So it's just very reprehensible how you choose this time. And again, Wild and Out is a show that you don't have to go on. According to her, her manager made her go on it for publicity, but you want to beat this man while he's down because he, he called you ugly on Wild and Out. Like, that's really, this is the, the hill you want to die on. So, blah. But, again, she she didn't deserve this attention. I just find it disgusting how when people are at their lowest, 
someone finds a way to try to take you down even lower. It's just ridiculous. But rest in peace to Jackie O. She's a beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, according to everybody, she was as beautiful as she was outside on the inside. Like She had so many friends. And there was a post where her friends were basically giving her her flowers while she was here. And I'm happy she got them. It's just so sad, you know, um, to lose your partner like that. And very young, very young. 33 years old is super young. She has very young children. I believe all her kids are like under seven. So it's really sad. But um, RIP to Jackie O. Also, a GK Owens, a Florida mom of four, was murdered by her racist white thug neighbor in Ocala. So, and the sad part was she wasn't even arrested initially, which makes it crazy. So the neighbor's name is Susan Larynx, and she was charged with manslaughter with a firearm, culpable negligence, assault, and battery. So the story goes that um, a GK was with her four children, and they had, like, they were outside, and they had some type of altercation with that lady earlier. So the lady takes their iPad. And the kids go back and try to go retrieve the iPad. And then she says, no, she gives them rocks or something. And then the mother goes over there, Ajike goes over there to retrieve her children's property. And the thug, Susan Larynx, shoots her. Apparently, it's been like an ongoing feud between them because of Larynx's, you know, racial racial conversations with her. Like I said, the N-word was thrown around a few times. And I hate Florida. I want you guys to know how much I truly hate Florida. For A mother of four. Like, this is insane. How old was it? G.K. Owens, too. I gotta see how old this lady was, because this is just ridiculous. She's a single mother of four. I, they're not giving me her age, but she seems relatively young, because her mom looks super young, but black does not crack either. Um, It's just... She said that Larynx claims that Owens was banging on her door and wouldn't stop, and she was going to break down her door, so she shot her. And that is not a reason to shoot anyone. But, you know, racism is racism. She yelled at the kids. She threw a rollerblade at the children, hitting one of them in the toe. It's a lot for you to be doing things to people's kids like this. And then when she goes to confront you about it, you have the audacity to murder her. And again, she was not arrested originally. She was arrested in charge with the charges I just said, and she has been released on bond since. So, yep, that's America for you. Rest in peace to G.K. Owens. I, I hope justice is served for you. And I hate the fact that I doubt it because of the state in which it happened. That's saying your ground law seems to work for everybody but black people for some odd reason. But um, prayers to G.K. Owens' four children. It's just another disturbing and sad, sad development. So in other news, which is not, it's not, I want to say lighter news, but it's such a pun. Um, so Amber Rose and Jocelyn Hernandez are on this new reality show, College Hill. And I used to love College Hill on BET. Because it was actual college students that were like in a in a, in like a real world style thing, 
and they still went to school. They did everything they're supposed to do. They just had cameras around. But now they have celebrities doing it, which is odd. And the celebrities who like are well past the age of college. But cool. I think Amber was like 42 years old. So apparently the entire time BET has been promoting it, they've been promoting this fight that's supposed to be between Amber and Jocelyn. And they decided out of respect for the for the college not to air it. But you know how you know when somebody getting their ass whipped? Like, you just know they got their ass whipped? Amber's been quiet, right? If you whip somebody's ass, most of the time you're fucking quiet about it. If you get your ass beat, well, sometimes you be you could be quiet, too. That's true. But Jocelyn was saying how every time she sees Amber, she's going to dog walk that bitch. And I'm like, you wouldn't do that unless she dog walked you first. And she claims that she hit Amber first. She claims <laughs> that, you know, she beat Amber up and everything else. And at some point in time, all the cast members of College Hill, where they've been quiet about it, but they actually, in the beginning, was like, they basically suggested that Jocelyn did not win like, he, like she said she did, right? So, again... Amber is a stripper. I know Jocelyn's a stripper, but Amber was a stripper from South Philly, a biracial stripper from South Philly. She had to fight her whole fucking life. I don't care what Jocelyn say. She had to fight her whole fucking life. I do not see Jocelyn beating Amber Rose's ass. So the conversation stemmed, well, the fight stemmed from a conversation where Jocelyn said, girl, you don't, know if, you don't even know if you're black. And then I saw a lot of people in the comments saying, I didn't know she was black. And I'm like, maybe y'all didn't want to pay attention. Maybe y'all didn't hear her. Amber Rose has always said that she's biracial. Her father's like Italian and Irish and her mother's from Cape Verde, which is in Africa. It's harder to get, it's like very hard to get blacker than African. That's all I'm saying. Her complexion, is she that dark? No. But she has a mother that was born in Africa. I am the lightest person in my family, and I am the blackest person I know. I am mixed with nothing. I am literally, it's Africa, slave ship, South Carolina, New York. I am about as exotic as cheesecake, and I've been telling you guys this for forever. My complexion is lighter than a lot of people's, but that doesn't make me any less black. My blackness is should not be questioned regardless. So, and I also feel like it's, it's people have this thing where it's like, oh, well, she ain't black enough and she don't look black. And Amber did raise a, val a valid point. So she posted on her story, biracial person says I'm black. People say, you don't know the black experience, shut up. Biracial person says I'm white. People say you're black, shut up. Biracial person says I'm mixed. People say pick a side. Where's the lie? She's not wrong. She is not wrong. I feel like for biracial people, it is, it, it's almost like they are told to renounce whatever they are that's not black to some black people. It's really a true thing. And I like my niece is biracial, but I always remind her that in the eyes of the police, you are a black woman. <laughs> like I've always reminded her of that. No matter how you look to your friends and everything else, to the police, you are a black woman compared to the rest of your friends. I'm telling you. Make sure you realize what you are. But she's very close to her family. She's very close to her mother's side. Her mother's side is white. And I believe they're German. 
So, you know, she calls her grandmother Oma, all kinds of things. She's very in tune with both sides. And when she comes to my house, it's like a black immersion program every single time. Her black experience is not the same as mine. It's not the same as her father's, but she does have one. And it's not okay to, to renounce it because she is not as dark as you want her to be. Or she's not as, I hate to say this word, but do we still say passing? Passing black like other people do? I don't know. But my brother's black. I'm black. She black. <laughs> But she is biracial. <laughs> She's a biracial girl. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot with biracial people. This is why they have a lot of like internal conflict. Because it's like, okay, I know I'm this I know I'm this way, but I don't want to act like I'm not a part of this and I'm just a part of that. Like I can understand where the issue comes into play. So and I feel like a lot of people just wanted to like pretty much pick on Amber because it's like, oh, I didn't know you was black. And she always said, I don't identify as a black woman. And she says she identifies as a biracial mixed woman. She is. Um, she is. She should feel free to identify as a biracial mixed woman because she's a biracial mixed woman. And you know what? When it comes to men, y'all don't. Y'all don't really say nothing because Derek Jeter been biracial his entire career. And nobody says a mumbling word about DJ. Like, it's just something like when it comes to women, you know how I feel. Everything's always double standard when it comes to us. But I always knew Amber Rose is black. I did. I did. I'm sorry. There's nothing you could tell me. I knew she had a black thing about her from the beginning. And then when she explained her lineage, I said, okay, so... She's African and Italian and Irish. Okay, that's fine. And then according to her, she knows more about Irish and Italian customs because she grew up closer to that side. Her mom didn't have a lot of values from Cape Verde, Cape Verde. So I get it. Like she's more aligned with her white side, but she still is very much a biracial woman. So that's how the altercation started. And I also want to point out that Jocelyn calls herself the Puerto Rican princess, and her name is Jocelyn Hernandez. And last I checked, Chanelica Betancourt is not a Puerto Rican name. And to me, Jocelyn did not talk about being black until very recently. And she has been in the fucking zeitgeist of reality TV for at least 10 years. And I don't remember her saying anything about being black. I don't remember her standing on the front lines about being black. I don't remember her doing shit about being black. So it's like, oh, well, Jocelyn Black, and we know that. So you're going to stand beside Jocelyn because you know she Black, and she got a point. And I'm like, she got a point to what? She don't identify as Black woman. She identifies as a mixed woman. She's a mixed woman. That's her right. That's what she should do. But I also know Amber whipped that ass. And somebody in Alabama State University got the footage, and y'all playing. Like, y'all playing far too much. <laughs> like, let that shit loose. This is America. All right. The internet is a thing. Somebody got the footage and it was mad. And Jocelyn was mad because she got kicked out the school and not Amber. And she's like, I'm the blackest bitch there. And you kicked me out. There is two other black women on that show besides you. It's New York and Parker McKenna Posey, who probably isn't black enough to her either. But that is Katie for my wife and kids. We know Katie and you are not blacker than New York. Like, I don't understand. Now you go from not even claiming black to being blacker than the blackest lady on the show. Like, what? And y'all know I don't like Jocelyn. Can't stand her. She's so fucking ignorant. But anyway, um, y'all got to cut these biracial folks some slack. Like, come on.
you can't make people identify something you want them to. They have to identify the way they want to. And it should be respected regardless. So game five of the NBA finals airs tonight. Game five. And, you know, the Denver Nuggets are up 3-1 with a very commanding lead over the Miami Heat. Uh, the other day, I could have won $1,000 and bet 10 And all Jimmy Butler had to do was score 20 more points. They ended up winning, but everybody covered but Jimmy and Jamal Murray. Actually, Jamal Murray was like three points under my fucking bet. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm lying. I do. The Nuggets are going to win. Do I think they're going to win tonight? Do I think Jimmy's going to put up a fight? I think he might just. I think he might just. He went this hard. He played his heart out. Very Iverson-esque kind of performances, you know, game sevens all around. So, I don't know. Maybe he'll he'll come away with one in Denver, even though he lost both. I'm saying he. I'm sorry. This is a team sport. Miami <laughs> lost both games in Miami. So they're going to Denver tonight, and this might be the game that determines who the NBA champions are in the year 2023. After the finals, they will basically tell us what John ja Morant's fate is. John ja Morant's camp says the gun is a toy, and I feel like he is missing the point. Still, still missing the point. I really, really like Ja. I do. I, I don't, I can't agree with the shit he's doing, but I really like him as a ball player. It's just too much. It's just too many things with him. But we find out because um, the commissioner honestly didn't want to draw attention away from the finals. So he decided it would be best to basically let the world know what his punishment is after we determine who the winners are. Um, Meg the Stallion is with apparently we'll, we'll see we'll say with they were seen with each other at like a wedding and you know other events with Romelu Lukaku I hope I said that name right and in, in my good news that means party is single and party I will be the shoulder that you need to cry on um if you need anybody and I mean anybody come come on over here come on over to my place um, I'm, I I like me some party, y'all. I'm sorry. Party fine as fuck. <laughs> I like me some party. He, he look MAGA and he from Newburgh. So he not even far. Like he's, he's from, he's not from New York city, but he's from New York. So it's somewhat close. He lives, he's from downtown Canada, upstate New York. Might as well be downtown Canada. But, um, Hey party, what's up? Meg has a right to move on party has a right to move on because a lot of people saying wow after the way he stood by her through all this and she's gonna leave and be with the next nigga she's like 28 like <laughs> people do that people move on people grow apart just because they were together during an ordeal doesn't mean they're gonna be together forever come on now like y'all have people with people like, y'all have children with people and don't work out so i'm sure y'all can find some understanding in that 
But yeah, she's been seeing him. He's like one of the biggest soccer players of all time right now. He actually just lost to Manchester too. So, and I don't know anything about soccer, but I just saw that. I don't ask me how. Apparently, since he started fucking with Meg, he's been all over my algorithm. And I don't even know who Manchester is. I guess they're from England. It sounds like an England name. I don't know what his team is. Is his team French? I don't know. But his name is Romelu. I thought it was Romeo. Clearly, I need glasses. But, you know, and Meg been looking good. Hair looking amazing. Body looking right. Face on point. So, you know, maybe it's a little fling. Maybe it's a little STD. A little something to do. But party, you could call me. I'm around. Um, and dickhead news. So we discussed, I think we discussed the DJ MV Rick Ross situation. If we didn't, we will. So let me just backtrack. Rick Ross is doing a car show. D- then he subs DJ MV about how his car show is basically different than MV's and basically calls it superior and makes it seem like DJ Envy's is a rinky-dink car show. DJ Envy responds. Rick Ross then talks about his children and his wife. DJ Envy responds by dressing as a cop and saying that, hey, you're the biggest boss, but your man's and your brother your brother has a GoFundMe. So Gunplay is a rapper who I believe he was signed to MMG, but I know Rick Ross was like trying to basically market him. And he's on Love and Hip Hop now. I don't know nothing from him. But he recently put up a GoFundMe because his child was born with a heart defect and a heart condition. And he needed help paying medical bills. That's what Envy was talking about. He said nothing about the child or the wife in question. He just, Or ba- barely him. He just said, your man's asking for money to GoFundMe and you ain't helping him, but you a boss. Right? So, Gunplay calls on the phone, Charlemagne's on three-way, pause, and he's like, Envy, I slap the shit out you, whatever, whatever. So, he records that, and then Charlemagne and Envy talk about it on the show the next day and say how they talked for 10 minutes after that, and basically they pieced it up, and Envy said he's going to go on the show the next day and apologize to his wife if he offended his wife. So... Then he posts all that whack shit. I don't care if nobody tell me Envy's not in the wrong. Y'all can say whatever y'all want. He's not wrong. You you don't get to disrespect me and talk shit about me and be mad the way I respond to the way you fucking talking about me. I don't care. So Envy basically says it was a sucker move and Florida is a state in which if the other person doesn't know they're being recorded, you can go to jail. It's a felony. Right? Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know if it's a one-party state because I believe Jersey or other other countries, look at me, other states say something like, if one party is already knowledgeable, it's not illegal. And that doesn't make sense to me because if you're recording me without knowing I'm being recorded, but but you know that you're recording me, that doesn't sound legal at all. (laughs) Just a one-party consent. It shouldn't be one-party consent. That's the... That's the illegal part of it. No, just recording me when I didn't ask you to, whatever, right? So let's like bring the dickheadedness even more. Let's bring it out. Gunplay then gifts Rick Ross with a chain for believing in him and being the only person to believe in him. And he gives him this chain while Rick Ross is lying down in a bed 
with Versace bedding, like a velvet headboard. The man never even got up. He's laying horizontally, and you are donning him with a chain. It's weird. It's fucking weird. It gives vibes of pride, celebrations, and that's it. So after that, he does that. So you just did a GoFundMe because your child is born with a heart defect. But in the same breath, a nigga who has all his money, who's the biggest boss, a rich nigga, you give him a chain. Guess where the dickhead shit keeps going? Now everybody wants their money back from the GoFundMe, as they should. They donate money to you, thinking it's a cause, thinking they was helping you out. And you over here giving a chain to a person who already has money and multiple chains. So they want their refunds. They are demanding refunds. They want their money back. Don't you know this man on the podcast and curse everybody out talking about you and get from your heart. Fuck y'all. Fuck everybody. Sir, GoFundMe's are for people who need actual money. And if you need money, you shouldn't be buying that nigga a chain. If your kid is sick and you need to pay hospital bills, buying another grown ass man a chain should be the last thing on your to-do list. But you made it first. You're an idiot. And I hope GoFundMe takes that whole shit down. And I don't wish nothing bad on that baby. I just wish that baby had better fucking parents. And to top it off, the wife wants to sue DJ Envy for talking about the GoFundMe. So now you're going to waste the money that you don't have and have to end up owing DJ Envy money because you literally have no basis for your case. You're going to have to pay his lawyers and you don't have no fucking money. Don't you know their baby shower? They were selling tickets for their baby shower selling tickets i've never heard that shit before it's an all black baby shower it's a, a huge soiree get your tickets now before they run out but it's an exclusive event not if i could pay for a ticket <laughs> it's not that exclusive if i could pay for this shit like y'all don't have no money and y'all always asking for money but this nigga just gave this money away stupid stupid i don't know why people are like this and i need them to be better much better than they are. But nah, shout out to DJ Envy because that nigga really has money. Like he legit has fucking money. Like he don't need none of this shit. And if you want to sue Envy, he will take what little money that you have. <laughs> take it all and have you pay for his shit. Keep playing. You want Tasha K yourself. Gunplay because you want to be the tough nigga. You want to act like this and you want to do that. And now you mad that people want their money back after you just bought a grown ass man to chain. He got to get his shit the fuck together. This is a show I've been meaning to do for quite some time. Actually, this is like almost three years in the making. I know I've talked about, you know, all the losses I've gone through since 2020. And around August 2020, I believe when my friend Troy died, this is who the episode was named after. 
he was the eighth person I lost that year from like February to August. I believe I lost eight people by that time in 2020. And um, I wanted to do, to do this show around then. And I don't know. I don't know what took me so long to do it. And actually, I do know because last year was such a trying year for me. Last year, I lost five people. Five people were very close to me. Um, I lost my father. Um, I watched my grandmother take her last breath. I lost my uncle. I lost my aunt. I lost my great aunt, who was like a grandmother to me as well. So it was like I was still going through it too. So maybe I was supposed to do it now. And, oh, I lost a friend of mine too, R.I.P. Shaniqua. So it's like, it was a lot that I've been going through these last three years. And um, DC Young Fly's conversation, well, I'm saying conversation, I'm sorry. His eulogy at Jackie O's funeral kind of inspired me to do this episode. Um, Losing people like that close to you in one, like in this span of time, crazy. And I was going through health issues too. So it's health issues, it's grief. And, you know, my mental ain't all the way there sometimes. My physical is not where I want it to be. You know, I, I had a lot of weight gain and then I had a lot of like pain going on and I had a lot of a lot of detachment. I was very detached for quite some time. I'm still detached, but I'm getting better. I'm I'm getting back slowly to what I was. And I didn't as someone who cries for everything, the wrong movie, the wrong show, the wrong song, I haven't really cried like that. And it's it's odd to me. Like I just really haven't cried, even when my father passed away. I think I probably had like three, four good cries. I but I think about him every day. My grandmother, same thing. But um something that helped me so much, therapy. Therapy helped me a great deal with my father's death. I feel like therapy gave me the tools I needed because I knew he had that expiration date. And I was able to pretty much navigate through that his final days, how he would act closer and closer to his passing. And when it happened, it was like I kept describing it as waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know. And like his sister died five days before that. And my birthday is like right in the middle. So my aunt died November 11th. My birthday is the 13th. My father died literally five minutes into November 16th. So they were pretty much like two days before my birthday, two days after my birthday. And if you know me, you know, my birthday is like the most wonderful time of the year for me. And I don't know how it's going to be from here on out. I don't, but. It was just a lot, you know? And even with my grandmother and my uncle and my other aunt, it, it was so close together. And I knew my grandmother wouldn't wouldn't last that long without her only son. Something just told me. And I didn't think it was gonna be then, but I just knew she wasn't gonna last too long without her only son being there. So it's it's a lot. Like when you know a version of you and I feel like the real Amber, the one who cries for everything, the one who's just so emotional, and I wear my heart on my sleeve, I would have crumbled three years ago. 
And when I'm saying three years ago, I'm saying with the fourth death, I probably would have crumbled. I lost two uncles in one day, April 2020. April 2nd, 2020, I lost my Uncle Walter and my Uncle Bud. One in the morning, one in the evening. Like, it was that crazy. You know what I'm saying? I believe both of them was the COVID. So, it's like, I think I would have, like, depleted then. And... I'm not the most religious person, but I do talk to God every day, every day. Like I literally have a conversation with God. I think when I'm doing well, I think when I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying everybody should believe in God. What you believe in is whatever you believe in. I'm just trying to discuss what, how I got through it and talking to God every day. I feel like he kept me, you know what I'm saying? Like he kept me protected. He kept me. I feel like I looked on the brighter side of things because of my faith. And it's more so, and again, I'm a person who does not, I don't really believe in the Bible. Um, I think church is, is something necessary, but I don't go. I'm a bedside Baptist kind of girl, but you know, again, your relationship with God is whatever you want it to be and whatever you decide it to be. I'm not here to judge anything about that, but I feel like had I not gone through this, had I not been like, you know, the issues with the hormones, the issue with my brain bleed, the issue with everything else, I think God was preparing me for the heartache that I was going to soon endure. And I'm still pretty strong about it. Like I tell my therapist all the time, my mind and my body and my spirit are not in alignment. And that's my main goal is to put them back on track, to make them all operate as one system again. And I haven't been able to do that for quite some time. And I'm doing the work, though. You have to do the work. And I feel like people go through grief and they go through loss and they deal with it by drugs. They deal with it with drinking. They deal with it by just depression and keeping it bottled up inside. And there's so many ways for you to handle and deal with your grief. But the most important way to do it is to face it. You can't pretend like it's not there. You can't pretend like it doesn't affect you. Or when the time comes, you're just going to keep crying and crying. And I'm not saying you shouldn't cry. I'm just saying there are so many tools at your disposal that can help you, that can help you navigate through this pain, that can heal you. And I don't feel like a lot of people realize that. I feel like they know that they're sad. They know that they're grieving, but they don't know what to do about it. And there are so many ways to go about that. And I will always constantly say therapy, and I feel like Charlemagne. Because he he talks about therapy and anxiety all the time. I swear I hated it. But he has a valid point. You have to talk to someone who does not know you. You have to talk to an objective person who has an objective thought who makes you think. And what I love about my therapist is I, I get to provide my own answers. Like she leads me, you know, that way. She's like, all right, so what do you think that means to you? How, how do you take this when this happens to you? What do you think the real solution is? And I have to look within to figure out how to be, you know? And every everybody has gone through grief. 
everybody. And it, it's not easy. It's really not. It's super difficult to know that someone that you love will not be here ever again, that you can't see them ever again. But like I was just telling my friend um, Kia, she's been a guest on the show before, how, you know, my father, I'd be forgetting my father's gone because I'd be like, damn, I, just, I forgot to call him or he would have called me and told me this. And she was like, yeah, you talk about him like he's still in the present. I'm like, yeah, because he's always with me. Like, I know in the physical he's not, but he really is always with me. I know what that means now. I get it now. Like, whenever I have a thought, and it's like, oh, yeah, my father would say this. That's him being with me. That's him by my side. Same thing with my grandmother. Same thing with my Aunt Shirley. Same thing with Troy. Same thing with my uncles. Same thing with my cousin John John. Same thing with my Aunt Joy. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the people I lost since 2020 and i'm missing names that's the crazy part i'm missing mad names but pretty much everybody played a role in who i am today and i wouldn't know where i would be today if i didn't talk to god every day if i didn't talk to my therapist if i didn't have my village who held me down with every loss who came over to check on me who made sure i was okay oh what happened? This person passed away. I'm coming over. I'm on my way. I didn't ask anything. I got text messages. I'll be over there such and such time. Dropped everything to make sure I was good. Like, I don't know where I would be without those things. If you don't want to, if you don't have a relationship with God, that's fine. If you don't want to go to therapy, that's fine. But use your village. Use the people around you that love you. Like, and when I say use, like, talk to them. Let them know you need to vent. Let them know you need to cry. Let them know you want to talk like about the memories that you shared with this person. You have to, you can't keep all that bottle up inside. Like you got to be able to talk to the people that love you and know you best and tell them that you're hurting. Tell them that everything that you're going through is it's tough for you right now. And I, I kind of need you to hold me down right now because that's what they're for. Don't have a group of friends that you can't confide in. Don't have a group of friends that you can't talk to, that you can't get advice from, that that wouldn't be basically long-handled spoon friends. Like, yeah, we cool. I got you from all the way over here. But if you come this close, I'm good. That's too much for me. Nah. Get your village that holds you down. Get your tribe. A tribe is so important and so essential in our adult lives. Get your tribe. Use them. Let them use you. Let them be around you. Let them be there for you, you know, and there's so many ways that your friends can lift you up out of these bad times. They can lift your spirits and you don't have to turn to anything hazardous, no drugs, no drinking involved. You know what I'm saying? Don't go crazy at the hookah spot. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many ways. And I keep saying that because there are. I feel like people don't think that there's like enough resources or they can't, they have nothing to do. They have no one to turn. So there's nothing they can do. And there's always something. There's always a solution to the people I lost. It was so many of y'all that made such a mark in my life, you know, and it's indelible. I am who I am because of most of the people who are gone today. And 
I do my podcast at my little home office and I have a whole shelf with all these like funeral programs and obituaries. And I look at these people all the time because this is where I draw my strength from, shockingly enough. My inspiration and my strength come from those who are no longer with us. And it's really, it's super sad that they're not here. Super sad that most of them I lost abruptly without any type of indication that they were going to go. And it, it, it sucks. It's sad. And it's something I struggle with every single day. Every single day. I don't want you to think, oh, well, Amber goes to therapy and she talks to God. She's healed. Nah, this is going to be an uphill battle for the rest of my life. Like, I have I have to learn to live without my father. Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, a parent. Losing a parent is crazy. I've lost a parent and a sibling. Those are two pains that it really hard. And I can't even say to get over. Those are just two different kinds of pain. And... Knowing that I get comfort in the fact that my brother and my father are together again, it kind of it kind of makes me feel better. It kind of makes me good. It makes me feel good. It makes me smile. Like my my brother's death anniversary, I'm always sad, no matter what happens. Always sad. I always have a cry. Whenever April 27 comes around, I have a cry, and I thought it's going to be really hard this year because it'd be the first one out our father, and I did not cry. For the first time in 15 years. And I think it's because I was comforted knowing that they were together again. And you have to find your comfort. Find something that helps you and heals you. Not something that hurts you. Our weekly hustle is an excerpt of Jackie O's eulogy coming from DC Young Fly. Send good energy our way. This ain't hard, but it sure ain't easy. Dig what I'm saying? Because it, 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 it ain't. It ain't. And for those who see me, y'all know I pray a lot. Because life is real. And if I didn't pray a lot, I wouldn't be able to deal with it. But I'm sitting here strong, letting you know, chin up, chest out that I'm straight. My kids, we good. Because like I said, we led by the spirit and not by the flesh. Are we hurt? Yes. We're human. We got emotions. My children know God is real. Ain't that right, baby? Don't you know that? Don't you know we God-fearing? Ain't, ain't, ain't mama with us. Ain't we gonna keep going? Know that. Pray for And I want everybody in here, if you don't take nothing from today, man, I don't care whatever you're going through in life, listen, man. Find your relationship with God. This has been According to Fox. Until next time, y'all.